Welcome to The Rodcast with Rod Turner, the show all about real estate. We discuss everything that affects asset-backed businesses, investments, and go deep into the details with some of the best in the business. another episode of the Rodcast. My guest today is Nisha Singh. She is the co-founder of Transfer. Thank you, Nisha, for joining us. How are you today? Thank you, Rod, for having me here. I am fine complaining about the British summer, but other than that, I think things are looking very good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's not a proper summer unless we're complaining about it. (laughs) So, Nisha, first off, I guess, could you tell us what is Transfer? And how did you come to help create it? Many entrepreneurs, transfer is a solution to our own problems. So in our co-founding team, we have finance guys, tech guys, and we supplied to, and serial entrepreneurs, and we supplied into construction industry patented products. And one of our biggest problems, which I think is pretty universal, is that we never got paid on time. And this is across industries. It's, I think, just more pronounced in construction and to ensure our cash flow worked fine, we could survive. Sometimes we had 100% margins on our product. Now, any place where this is happening, effectively, everybody's paying a cost of it. The developer, the contractor, the subcontractor, the suppliers, and the whole supply chain worked in a kind of manner where there was a lot of friction. There was a lot, lack of trust. And that cost the project time. That cost the project money. And it was delivered in a very, there were some really panicky moments, which everybody, all of us in construction can relate to. So transfer came about as a solution to that problem that we faced ourselves. What we thought was, okay, our customer is not being paid. His customer is not being paid. So this is a kind of a, like a waterfall trickle effect. And if the supply chain can work more coherently in a trusting manner, all of these problems would be solved. And what we wanted to do was make something really simple, like click two buttons and things should happen, not complicated tech product. And we managed to do that. So using transfer, developers can pay their subcontractors or suppliers without having to change any of the construct of their project setups that they go through today, whether it's NEC, JCT, OpenBook, whatever uh, pricing or, or delivery mechanism they have chosen. Transfer, when we came about the concept, a lot of uh, startup ecosystems loved us. So we were part of FCA Sandbox. We were part of Accenture's FinTech Innovation Lab. We were part of London Growth Program, part of Capital Enterprises Greenlight Program. So we were kind of enabled by the startup ecosystem a lot. And then we got funding from a venture capital firm that is backed by UK government's private equity arm CDC and World Bank's investment IFC. So that's how kind of, that's the whole story about how the problem started and how we started to build this company. And and I guess one of the big problems from sort of a developer, so from my point of view, so I think two or three years we were doing a development and the the main contractor went uh, 
into administration halfway through the halfway through the project and that's always a, a massive issue because then you've got problems like the subcontractors who are working on it how do you know how much they've been paid and to what point can you get them back on site to finish the works and transfer is something that really kind of helps mitigate these problems and if it, if that main contractor were to go bust it's unlikely to be because of that job that they're working on right now it might be one of the other ones because everything is very kind of open book but also it lets you know at any point in time who has been paid for what amount of work whether they're subcontractors or subcontractors of those subcontractors so it really it really does help the supply chain which i think whenever you're dealing with industries that are working on very tight margins yeah. it can always it's it's always a danger obviously especially at the moment where certain costs are a bit more volatile than normal such as um, raw materials construction cost labor and things like that so so yeah i think it's a it's a very needed product and it's funny how you find it in these industries where they do work on small margins like construction but also supermarkets where they work on very small margins and the payment terms are often uh, quite significant. So I know sort of supermarkets might be running on 90-day payment terms. Construction as well is, isn't, isn't that bad to, to that extent. But again, it can, it can be, especially if you're dealing with some of these um, big contracts. So allows you a lot more freedom in that. And, it's, and it also just it, it keeps everything transparent, really, I suppose, for to understand who has been paid and for what. So, for example, if a, uh, and tell me if I've got any of this wrong, but this is how I understand it. If uh, the main con- if a subcontractor puts an invoice into the main contractor, that goes onto the system. And then when the main contractor puts their invoice to the developer for, I don't know, it could be the foundations, that gets paid. But if the subcontractor's invoice had also gone in for the foundations, he will be immediately paid as well with the main contractor taking their margin. So it, it means that no one is waiting around for payments. So even though the foundations have been done, what we don't want to get into the situation of is the subcontractor not being paid and the main contractor holding that payment because the work has been done and not giving it to the people that are due to be paid, which can cause problems down the line. Definitely. It's, it's absolutely correct. And, uh... Across industries, wherever there are supply chains, where there is a supplier supplying to a customer who's supplying to another uh, larger customer, these friction points are quite apparent in terms of payment terms, in terms of bankruptcies, in terms of whenever, say, for example, in construction, a contractor wants to grow, their margins are so thin that when they are expanding, they are constantly at the risk of going under. And they have to balance out growth with survival. And transfer just takes away that pain point for them if they are willing to work in a more trusting, transparent manner with developers. Developers absolutely love this because they get the confidence that every money that they have put into the project is delivered and the the product, whatever has been bought with it, whether it's supplies or work in progress items, it's theirs. And it it acts like a monetary surveyor on their behalf, on a developer's behalf for funders. So they have complete digital availability of where things are, what things are paid for, what is not paid for at any point in time in the project. So yeah, pretty much everything that you covered is uh, bang on. And 
you mentioned obviously developers love this and it's easy to see why who are the other parties that can benefit from using transfer and why i think transfer is a product in any ecosystem any solution can be embedded only if everybody benefits from it it cannot be a zero sum game where somebody is benefiting off somebody else in a project if you just look at a very very simple supply chain there would be a developer there would be a contractor and there would be subcontractors and if we just work with these roles in a simple supply chain a developer like you said easy to understand why they would love this they get transparency they get control their money is only used in their project they have full visibility at any point in time they have de-risked the project so great great benefits the contractors a lot of people ask why would a contractor use that they wouldn't want to show their margins and they wouldn't want anything where they don't they're losing control i think on the contrary contractors love this for a number of reasons one just simple examples like if a contractor is coming to a developer if somebody were to come to you and say i want advance the first thing with you will be you have thousand questions in your head you would want to check every advance that you're paying every revision that comes to you immediately there is an element of oh is he kind of increasing his margins now towards the end of the project or does he genuinely need this revision all of these elements are completely ironed out for the contractor because they can clearly demonstrate to the developer see i need to pay that subcontractor i am not taking away these margins so contractors who work on very thin margins can protect their margins in today's world they go into a project they bid on very thin margins they try to protect it through the end it doesn't happen and then they have to come up with revisions or some other pieces of work wherein they can ensure that they're not going into losses for that project while on transfer they ensure they get liquidity working capital they're not locking up their own money advances revisions are everything is fine their growth profile is good they're winning tenders when they have put in a good bid and not losing out just because their credit profile was bad So now money is no longer what they bring to the table it is the skill that they bring to the table could you just expand on that point about not losing out on tenders because of their credit profile sure so say for example if you had invited tenders and you loved the lowest bid mm-hmm. uh, a contractor had given a lowest bid he checked out and knew that he could deliver in what he's saying but he has a smaller balance sheet so he doesn't have enough money to pay for things and you as a developer have the funds because getting money is kind of the developer's job he's put the project together when the contractor is bringing the skills in and giving you transparency that you are paying straight away for the timber you're paying straight away for the steel hi everyone i just wanted to quickly cut in with a message from our fantastic sponsor brickflow for most property developers obtaining development finance for their project is not something they look forward to There are dozens of lenders but most developers only know a few well enough to approach. Every lender will offer a different loan size and loan price on each project. And by only approaching a handful of lenders, we all know there's almost zero chance of getting the best loan. But getting quotes from every lender would take weeks and months. Brickflow is the UK's first comparison site for development finance, designed to save you time and money. In the same way most people search for their car insurance, Brickflow allows developers to compare more than 30 of the UK's best development lenders in seconds. Brickflow filters out the lenders that are less likely to lend to you and just leave the ones that should. They organize them in a clear way, providing estimates of what each lender will lend and at what price. Applying couldn't be simpler. There is one application process for all of our lenders. Build your project appraisal on the platform and select which lenders you would like to approach. 
Lenders get a clear and precise presentation about you and your project, allowing them to make quick and reliable decisions. They submit their best bid for your project and you decide which lender you want to work with. The whole process is quicker, easier and lets you concentrate on the things you're best at. Brickflow. Development financing clicks, not weeks. Search brickflow.com today. Let's get back to the show. It is directly going to the supplier's account and supplies are being delivered. We haven't met a developer who wasn't willing to make the payment or those advances. And in those situations, the contractor is now not constrained because of their balance sheet. They can take on projects which are bigger in size that they can deliver based on their skill profile. But they're not funding the project from a cash exactly. flow view. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's great. That's very, very interesting. I mean, you've already answered my next question about which was why some contractors may not want their clients, e.g. the developer, knowing the prices that they're paying subcontractors. So what was in place to protect them? Yeah, so I think their benefits are significant enough for them to love the project. But beyond that, also, we are not giving every invoice level detail to the developer. What the developer knows is that, okay, I'm releasing 500,000 pounds for this milestones delivery or for this advance or for this revision. And I know that on an aggregate, 100,000 is going to the carpenter or uh, 50,000 is going to the plumbing guy and things like that. They aren't going into each and every invoice level detail of that, but they have the confidence that, not 50% of my money is being kept by the contractor. The only thing a subcontractor has to negotiate for money is not showing up. Mm -hmm. And most projects suffer because either the developer messes up or the contractor messes up. The subcontractor doesn't get paid because they are the lowest in the food chain almost. And what transfer does is make sure that they have the confidence that they'll be paid as soon as the developer releases the funds and they show up on the site. Otherwise, they go up and look for a project that will pay them today or tomorrow. And you completely eliminate that behavior. Essentially, what happens is all the invoices get signed off on the system. The money gets paid into the system and transfer pays all the different parties what they're owed. So it it can't get held up with any kind of one one point in that in that supply chain yes one further transfer wouldn't touch the money yeah so okay. it is such a slim layer of technology that will give developer the bank account numbers and payment amounts and what they need to pay into those accounts we could give an excel file wherein a cms or a cash management system would do a transaction for larger developers it could be integrated into their payment systems it could be automated we do that for much, much larger projects, which run into hundreds of million. But even for smaller projects, it's a very s- simple click and pay process, wherein you'll get the information, but the developer makes the payment. So we are not doing any kind of escrow setup or kind of taking the control of money. None of that is being done. It's very simple. Uh, it's available on mobile. And you can just, if I could give a demo on a podcast somehow in future, <laughs> maybe I could show how easy it is. Well, you've given me a demo and I am yeah. the most useless person when it comes to tech and even I could, I could grasp it, so it can't be that difficult. A couple of questions I've, I've got from that then. So you haven't really mentioned anything about banks and funders. I would have thought that they would love this because it's giving transparency of, of things like when, they, when the developer needs the drawdown, yeah. they then have a very open book of, of, of what where payments are going and what for is that is that is that right i mean how, how are banks 
getting on board with this? So we were part of Accenture's FinTech Innovation Lab, and that is a cross-industry. I mean, they come up with FinTech solutions or they kind of enable or support FinTech solutions globally that are kind of solving very core industry problems. Mm. And Accenture's clients, so which are like the large banks, HSBC, City, JP Morgan, Bank of America, all of these large banks vote for companies which they want to take into the program. And we were one of those. We were the wild card entry because we didn't fit into the structure of the program, but they absolutely loved us. So we were voted in. So banks know what we are doing. They work with us on very large programs. We have funders or partners that we work with. Even in construction sector specifically, we do speak with number of funders who are like, oh no, if we have something like this, this would just solve our problem in terms of whether it's data visibility, whether having confidence to release the funds, just it, it's kind of a monit- digital monetary surveyor. Yeah. At this stage, I wouldn't commit to statement that, you know, this is something that would do all the jobs of a monetary surveyor. No, it's not replacing a monetary surveyor as yet, but it does make the life very, very easy okay, for yeah. them to get the information. Number of brokers that we work with, when they say, oh my God, the funder would love to see this kind of data. It's so simple, so easy to comprehend. So yes, there are a number of funders. One other dimension also is that when such amount of trust exists in a supply chain, even the lowest player in the supply chain, the subcontractors and suppliers, their invoices are more trustworthy. They are more bankable assets, which funders would like to fund uh, for early payments if they want to do any kind of early payment structures on it. So they could do invoice factoring by showing that actually we're into this system and although we've got we might have a poor credit rating and a poor balance sheet actually we are in this deal contracted to this and we know these payments are coming out and they're going to be on time exactly and a lot of funders that are that do invoice factoring also do development finance or fund the projects yeah. themselves so especially in a project that they themselves have funded they have much higher confidence that they themselves will release the funds in 30 days and they are funding for 15 days or 30 days invoices of people who will be paid using that. Well, well, I, I think that there is probably, along with the tender process where smaller contractors are not able to normally get in on those tender processes because of their small balance sheet or their credit rating, I think those two points are, from my point of view, the biggest plus points or benefits for the, the contractor um, going yeah. into this. So I can see that. One of the possible downfalls I can see is obviously everyone's got to be an open book. Everyone has to, from from the day day one, put in the data that they're... So, for example, you're trusting that the main contractor is going to input all the subcontractors that are involved. Yeah. In that because if they don't, you have then... It's not going to work. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how you can control that. Or uh, I, I guess if people, if people want to get on board they want to do it properly for the reasons that we that we've set out yeah yeah i i think uh, see there will always be one or two people or i'm saying one or two in such a big scale there will always be a certain segment of contractors that will be last to onboard but in terms of adopting this or getting subcontractors on board the benefit of using transfer is you don't have to structure the project on the onset itself you can keep adding subcontractors as and when they join the project or as and when do you need them to work on something it is as easy as just click and send a link on whatsapp and people can click and register for transfer faster than they would register for a social media platform so it's that easy to join somebody onto the project as far as transparency is concerned 
a developer would have for health and safety reasons data for everybody who's visiting the site and delivering. So it's not a new information about who is part of your uh, supply chain delivering the project. Also for tender purposes, they would be giving some information about who the subcontractors would be. So most of the information a developer would already have. As far as open book and margins are concerned, first of all, we don't give every invoice level details. It's the aggregate margins that are kind of transparent to the developer. Yeah. It is not fully open book, but yes, there is enough information to give trust to the developer, which a contractor would need to give on transfer in order to get the significant benefits that they are getting. And we have met a lot of contractors first on the project, and they were the ones who took us to the developer. It does benefit them and it works with JCT contracts, NEC contracts, open book pricing. So even if you have a JCT structure, this can go in as a payment term. This is how the payments would be executed, not about how the pricing would be decided or approved. So irrespective of the contract structure of the project, there is a behavioral open book, but doesn't necessarily need to be contractually open book. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, you've mentioned, we talked about obviously maybe smaller main contractors with smaller balance sheets being able to benefit from this but then you also mentioned that you're using it in very large schemes and in hundreds of millions of pounds developments what what is, what value of contract is transfer best used for so and i think i would where it's too big or too small there is no too big Yes, there might be too small. So if anybody is just doing one house at a time and there isn't significant volume of construction, not I'm I'm not saying in terms of pound value, but in terms of just the work, uh, then yes, transfer would not, it would be a slight overhead for them. They might have visibility about everything themselves. Uh, They might be completely hands-on. So if I would say, if you're doing anything more than three units, there is enough complexity for you to, get something to smoothen your life out and delivery. It might change in value because up north there are projects which are delivering 22 houses. The value of that is equivalent to one house in London, a big house in London. So yeah, if you're doing anything beyond three units, if you have any external contractor, whether it is just for part or leg of the project, then yes, transfer would be absolutely beneficial for you and it will deliver tangible P&L benefit on the project. Okay, so how much does it cost? This is a very interesting thing that we get. So we start up and what we are looking for is developers and contractors who want to take this and run and grow with it, who are early adopters, who embrace change in order for their own growth. And for those kinds of customers, we want to build a lifetime relationship with them. And we are giving transfer free at the moment for them to use and grow with it. What we want is absolutely people who love us. I'll just give you a small example. When Google had come up with, and I think I've spoken about this with you when we met, when Google came up with Gmail and the whole business kind of account, we were one of those who got it free for lifetime. But since then, we have made four companies and we have purchased more from Google than the value that it delivered to us for free. So what we want right now is people who can embrace this, love this and take it forward like the ones who are already doing. And for them, this is free to use. Even if transfer comes up, if the pricing, it will never be a deterrent 
for people to use it. It will be significantly lower. So there are a number of ways. I touched upon one of the ways wherein we create a lot of fundable assets on the platform wherein subcontractors can uh, gain funding. There are different kinds of insurance possibilities where the whole project is insured. A number of possibilities and revenue mechanisms for us exist. Right now, our focus is on giving tangible value and making a shift in the way construction is delivered as opposed to seeing how much we are making in terms of operational profits. You're wanting to build your valuation higher. Yes, we are in a growth phase. We want to make sure the company is growing. And in construction industry, what I have loved is that if you are working on a project, the contractor might be working on some other project or his brother or sister might be delivering some other projects or somebody else. The developer might have a JV partner who is doing another project. So the kind of network and embedding that happens in the construction industry. Yeah. And uh, you've got a really interesting background. What, do you want to just kind of dis- describe how you got into this? Because yeah. you don't strike me as someone that I'm going to see on a building site with a hard hat kind of going through pricing. So w- what is your background? Yeah, I, I was in a defense site where missiles and uh, guns were being shot at. So yeah, not the construction site, but pretty different kind of critical environment. I was a defense scientist in early part of my career. I use, I delivered radar guiding subsystems for and artillery tracking radars and stuff. I went to US, I did my MBA. So Barclays hired me from there, brought me to London. For them, I delivered new propositions, new customer experiences, transformation, so different kinds of things. And uh, I was always part of one or the other startup on the side, which the other team kind of my core team of transfer has done and uh, they said you know what we're going to solve this problem now and I said fine I'm I'm quitting everything I'm coming on board full-time and uh, we started this and I think the journey has been phenomenal yeah. whether it was working with the FCA or working with the banks or with Accenture or with the clients that we work with the validation that we get oh my god you're making such a big shift and it's so, so neat that when you go to people and show the solution, they're like, oh my God, this is so simple. Why didn't anybody think about this? It's just so simple. Absolutely. I mean, it's certainly a big problem that's there. So anywhere where you can reduce the friction, it's brilliant. So does that mean you're a rocket scientist? I think I wouldn't call myself a rocket scientist, but <laughs> I think when people use that, this is not no rocket science. And I feel like sometimes rocket science is way simpler than solving like people problems or like emotional conflicts and stuff like that. It's black and white. Definitely. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So in terms of kind of building this, how, how, when, did, when did Transfer get off the ground? How long has it been running for? So we've been running for uh, a few years now. I think it was 20... 17 when we went to fca sandbox if i'm not wrong with the dates uh, i think it was towards the end of 2017 and 2018 we kind of proved how it works and things like that so we've been uh, in it for a few years construction is not the only industry that we work on we were working with other industries before but our core was construction because that's where we started yeah and just before COVID hit, uh, a little while before that, we came into construction with full force. And what have been the main challenges in bringing transfer to the market then? I think when we started working on construction full on, COVID hit. Yeah. And one of the things that I have observed about construction industry is face-to-face gives you a complete kind of different trust profile in delivering something that is changing the industry. Yeah. And that has been our biggest challenge. We've got customers digitally. So the social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
and webinars and events and online events. We've done work through them. We got customers and everything, but it is no way a replacement of in-person conversations. Like when we met, it was a complete shift in the kind of conversation yeah. the way it moved forward. And I think that has been one challenge. The second one is, and I think this is particularly true for construction industry because it is very real kind of industry wherein meeting people, going to live events where people are there makes a phenomenal shift. Digital channels are there, but the other channels are still very strong mm -hmm. in terms of embedding something into the industry. So events, I think we, that has been not going to in-person events has been a big challenge. Yes, there are networking rooms and digital events, but they, nobody comes there. There would just yeah. be two or three people who would ever drop into a networking event. I got a few commercial developers from there, but I think it would have been way better if we were going to real events, presenting to a group, big set of people or holding event or hosting events of our own. Okay, that's, that's really, really interesting. So would I be right in saying then that so something like public contracts, this would work really, really well with where everyone wants complete transparency, but also for some of those smaller contracts, it would also be great because it takes away a lot of the risk that are associated with kind of smaller scale developers and smaller scale main contractors in terms of balance sheet. Because one of the things that is a big issue at the moment for someone like me, for example, is we might want to take on sites that are going to be forward funded by a pension fund, for example. Now, the biggest barrier to us doing that, it sounds great, pension fund funding everything and they'll do it. But the biggest barrier is what they will say is we need to make sure we've got a tier one main contractor in. And that's because they need to be super sort of safe in the, in the idea that that main contractor won't go bust. So with a tier one contractor, comes much higher costs, reduces our margins, sometimes makes it not really worthwhile. With something like this, I would be hoping that I can then go to that forward funder and say, well, actually, we've got a tier two contractor who's 10% cheaper that will do it. It's perfectly capable. And here's how we can mitigate or put your minds at ease about the, the reasons why you wanted a, a tier one. Is, am I right in that kind of thinking? Yes, and it's funny you bring this up because I met a developer who had done a luxury development and they were forward funded from a pension fund or pension fund. And his biggest problem was the money was released four months or I don't know how many months late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the compliance and giving them the confidence that things have happened correctly and the paperwork and all of that was a huge overhead on the project. And it cost the developer, it cost the contractor. What when he saw transfer, he was like, if I had this on that project, yeah. I would have got my money so, so quickly, just like in a regular solution. And yes, what I am hoping is that this will democratize development, wherein people can use their skills and give transparency and trust and take up projects which are bigger, which currently the incumbents or who have done it forever are the only ones yeah. who are capable of clearing those requirements. Yes, transfer would give that platform to developers and contractors to access multiple funding sources, multiple projects, things that are beyond what is being done today. Fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll have some developers listening who, who, who might be very keen on, on this product. I know I, know I am. Um, so with that in mind, what's the best way for someone to get, get in, in contact with you? So my email ID is nishadotsingh at the 
Co. We have our website, transfer.io. So if you go on the website, you can click get transfer and you can sign in in less than a minute and you'll get a platform, you'll get a demo company to play around with. Our contact is also there on the website and there on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm pretty there digit, on the digital platforms to be accessed and I can Make give sure my contact put... details. Oh, I can give my contact details there. Just reach out to me. We are more than happy to give a demo, help you set it up if you want. It doesn't need it. It is so simple. But why, me or somebody from the team will be there to handhold you wherever you need help. Whether it's with your contractors, subcontractors, executing payments, wherever we are needed, we'll be Brilliant. Okay, is there, is there anything else that we kind of haven't touched on then that you think is important for our listeners to know? I think oh, we have covered everything, <laughs> but I'm just very excited to meet people in person now. And I'll hopefully see a lot of developers, contractors in and around events. And I look forward to getting a lot of kind of conversations going after this podcast. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, hopefully that will happen. Nisha, thanks so much for giving up your time today and hopefully we'll catch up again soon.